Hello, Waniacs and Splaniacs. As of August 2021, our Patreon is live! Woo! Splain will always be free, so don't worry. But if you want to help support us and help us make the show as best as it can be, you can donate at patreon.com slash fountains of Splain. We'll be releasing bonus content for our Patreon subscribers every month, as well as shouting out the generous members of the Acela VIP Lounge. Yes, so if you like what we do, you can help support us at patreon.com slash fountains of Splain. It's going to be great. And with that, on to the show. Waniacs out. out. This is Gray Stuffy coming at you pre-recorded from Splaniac HQ, where there is a very spooky balloon about. We at my house, Tyler, have um, a happy birthday balloon from Ryan's birthday, which is in early December. Um, And it has just now, at the crest of February reached a point of deflation that it's now doing the thing where like you put it in one room and then it ends up in another room on its own volition like I put it in the living room and then I walk into the bathroom and I'm like oh oh happy birthday like you know I mean I wouldn't try to find scientific reasoning for that that's just a haunted balloon that's a yeah yeah I was gonna introduce it as a haunted balloon but I figured like the word spooky is funnier. Well, yeah, spooky's more like spooky as a word. Yeah, it's been like kind of a millennial buzzword. But I think yeah. Gen Z feels warmly too as well. I think spooky is mm-hmm. one of those words that just kind of cute and fun. Uh, it's like yucky it's like when you call something spooky or yucky it's like well you're taking everything that's bad about it away like you're now making it fun for me by saying like a word that's satisfying to repeat I don't remember what the actual thesis of this study or article or something was, but I remember reading a study or article or something about why millennials like baby talk so much and like dog talk. And it's like something about like our development is stunted because of the housing market, yada, yada, yada. So now we all say spooky and yucky. They all like watch the Twin Towers fall like from their first grade classroom. They like wheeled the TV in for some reason. Yeah, uh, uh, we all all receded into uh, being babies forever because of that. I'll be here forever, which is great because that happened when I was in first grade and now I teach the first grade. And so I don't need to make any meaningful life changes from here on out. I can just walk around the playground saying, clean up up those yucky cones watch out for that spooky iceberg i wonder how many educators are just people who could not cope with reprogramming that language out of their vocabulary yeah i feel like there's a lot of um childhood trauma in the education field which is (laughs) another uh sad hi key stop hiring guidance counselors (laughs) start hiring psychologists for faculty for the teachers honestly (laughs) yes um okay well this is fountains of splain it is the weekly fountains of wayne podcast where we uh, break down a fountains of wayne song we are dangerously close to the end it's still going to be several months because we only go a song at a time but we have like not many songs left it's really really 14 14 we have 14 wayne songs left to talk about 
And we're going to talk about one of them today. Before we do, we want to tell you that you can get in contact with us. You can email us. We're at fountainsofsplain at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at fountainsofsplain, where we have been very bad at posting, but we are constantly trying to improve in every single way. And that's just one of them. Uh, 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 there are playlists in the show notes. One of them is called Antidepressants. It is a playlist that makes us and maybe you feel anti-depressed there is a playlist of all of the wayne songs we have talked about thus far in order and there is also a playlist that features all of the lovely artists that have appeared at our mid-show break and i think that's all the stuff i think that's everything we need to plug well, I was going to say, speaking of not keeping up with our TikTok or even debatably Instagram as much as we would like to, uh, I think that um, <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast, we were both like, oh my gosh, send us emails because we're not getting paid to podcast and it's super small. And so that means we have all this time on our hands. So we're going to be really good about the email and respond to all your emails all the time. And that's the opposite of true because we don't get paid really besides our generous donors of Patreon. Thank you, Patreon. Um, we don't make our primary living off of this podcast. So we go and spend hours and hours a day making our living other places and dealing with the ennui of bills and society and all the, and yes and then we come home and we're like i don't want to read my fucking email from my lovely fans um but then every once in a while we do and um i just wanted to highlight a gemstone um share it with you tyler who i think has saved reading it for this occasion yeah, I saw that we had it, and then you told me about it, and so I yeah. averted my eyes so that I could react live to it on the podcast. By the way, like, yes, we get, we should do, like, an email special at some point. I think we should do, like, an episode or, like, a mini episode where we can, like, actually give time, because there's, like, we have so many cool stories, and, like, there's an, e there's emails we get where, like, songs that I've never heard of by Fountains of Wayne are pointed out to me, like, there's a lot of gold in this email, um, but um, we are sad and poor, so we can't check our email. It means we have no eyes. We check our email. I, I, we should tell people... We read every email we get. True, if we true, haven't true. gotten back to you, it's not that we don't love you and appreciate your email. It's exactly what Grace said, that it's just, uh, you know, we 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 uh, yeah we go to work all day and then we're just like tired and sad when we come home sometimes I'm like i have to get high and play fallout 4 that's what i'm legally obligated to do now <laughs> there's nothing else that i can do yeah yeah and also i mean you know i feel like when we started this podcast it was in the height of the no vaccine pandemic and yes. so it was like yeah i can check my email seven times a day i'm not getting any emails that stress me out i'm getting like the new york times cooking newsletter which just like tells me about rice i could make that like i never will but i can um and then like real life kind of came back and now checking you know my work email and my personal email and my podcast email is like a lot to do well all every time i because all my email my email is just all my emails and i like pretty exclusively check it in my phone so like i just get hit with like all of it at once so yeah going into my email at all is very dangerous territory um but anyways um yeah i wanted to share this email with you tyler yeah please do i'm excited for those peter sent us 
such a lovely and thoughtful email. Uh, it starts, so I've been a FAO fan since hearing a review of Sky Full of Holes on NPR. The review is basically, yeah, these are the guys who wrote Stacy's Mom. They're way better than that song. I bought Sky Full of Holes and then was off to the races buying self-titled and working my way through their discography. Last summer, I found the FAO subreddit and your podcast was mentioned. I spent the summer with you two, driving around Vermont to motorcycle races, I raced road bikes and dirt bikes around New England, listening as your podcast grew in professionalism from a couple of ding-dongs who couldn't even pronounce Adam's last name correctly into a really well-done, kind of professional, but still personal podcast. I found so many things from your podcast. Saving for a custom van, traffic and weather at the ADK Theater, sent them an email asking if they'd even consider releasing a video of their performance since I missed the play's run. The deleted scenes from that thing you do, one of my favorite movies even before I found out Adam wrote the main song, Chris playing on that comedy cruise, and now the YouTube of the Adam Tribute Show. Just about every time I listen to one of your podcasts, again, in my truck driving, I think, oh, I should shoot them a note about that thing they just said. They'd like that. But of course, I'm driving in my truck and as a 53-year-old dad, so I don't text or email when I drive. By the time I get to my destination, whatever super important thing I wanted to tell you slash ask you has left my mind and it never happens. Um, and then he tells us, wait, 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 so sorry. There, I, the reason I paused so long is because there's something like embedded in this and like, it's, it's like a lot of parentheses. So I just wanted to, um, like read the sentence straight before reading the parentheses. And, um, he mentions that he really loved Sky Full of Holes from his first listen and still really loves it. And, uh, mentions how we didn't upon our first listen, uh, love it as much or were attracted to it as much when we were like doing our whole listen it wasn't our our most standout one he's right about that um and he and he perceives that we like have warmed to it as it's gone along or so he perceives uh, correctly i would agree that we've warmed to it as we go along um but then he tells this story also like i i like i've always loved cemetery guns like that song always stood out to me off sky full of holes like i've been passionate about that one forever but it did it did take me a while to come the whole way around on sky full of holes then he tells us 10 years or so ago, I used to teach a motorcycle safety class for the Vermont DMV. That is fucking sick. One of my co-teachers was a big gruff Harley guy, think leave the biker, who was really very, very sweet, but could play the part of the dangerous biker guy when he needed to. He was the head of one of the DMV offices here in Vermont. And one day he told me that when people get really pissy at one of his employees, he would have to tacitly make it clear that if it got too hot, he was happy to physically escort anyone out the door. Our motto, he told me, is Fuck with us, take the bus. I thought that was hilarious and thought you might enjoy hearing that. <laughs> um, such a super sweet email from Peter. Uh, what an incredible story. What an incredible motto. Fuck with us, take the bus. A very that, super collider. Yeah, and also it's just like a very... That guy who works at the Vermont DMV, that guy and that motto and that scene are directly from a fountains of wayne song the subject of the email also is dmv so lots of lots of payoff um yeah also the idea yeah the idea of a dmv worker in the state of vermont which is such like uh i feel like if, if you're from the american northeast you're like oh vermont like 
it's it's tivas and it's sweeties and it's hippies and it's skiing people like has such like it almost has like a canadian reputation of being like oh it's just lovely people like they're just fine um so the idea of like being from like say burlington vermont but working at the dmv is um a hilarious overlap in my mind i imagine the vermont dmv to be more pleasant than the other dmvs in other states but i don't I hope know so. i hope so that's that's vermont vermont is like the pl- one of the places i go where i'm like this is where i'm gonna retire someday like wow what a beautiful uh, i just feel so yeah um this email is absolutely lovely um uh peter thank you so much for sending this this is so sweet and it really is reaffirming to get messages like this and i guess kind of validating it it, it you know means a lot that uh you've been listening so long and you've been with us the whole way and that you like the show and yeah this is a a, just a great uh a great message thank you for the very very uh thoughtful words and i should say i deeply relate to the feeling of having an idea while driving um and then forgetting it when you get to your destination because that is the weekly struggle with bad ideas around here is that you're driving and you have one and you're like, oh, that's good. I'm going to say it on the podcast. It's going to be so funny. And then I get where I'm going and I have forgotten about it. I've pulled over more than once like into a gas station parking lot or something to scribble a bad idea down really quickly. So uh, if you ever have any questions that you want to ask us, uh, feel free to stop driving and write them down, and we will definitely. Yeah. So again, uh, send us mail, fountainsdisplay at gmail dot com. Grace, you're right. We should uh, do a mailbag episode at some point. We do get like all kinds of stories and questions. I love hearing Wayne origin stories. Um, Peter's origin story here is uh, so great, and also is kind of a, a similar one that I've heard from many people, which is that they came to Fountains of Wayne after Stacy's mom, and then it became this full-blown uh, obsession, and they reassessed everything. And that's the 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 thing that you know we're still trying to make happen. Okay, so yeah, 14 songs, random numby generate. You did the intro, so I'll do the countdown. Are you uh are you smashing that button? Now I am. Okay. Uh and we'll count down in the last five Mitski albums. Uh Laurel Hell, Be the Cowboy, Bury Me at Me. Oh shit, I went out of order. I was just looking at the Spotify recommended. <laughs> it just below it, but I I know they're out of order because I'm a fan. I'm gonna have okay. to get hand surgery. I'm so sorry. I always do this to you. Uh, but Claire really appreciated last week's countdown. <laughs> I got a text. I got a personal text from Claire. <laughs> Thank God, Tyler caught it in the fucking midshipring <laughs> or whatever. Uh, okay, uh, five Laurel Hell, four Be the Cowboy, three Puberty Two, two Bury Me at Makeout Creek, one Retired from Sad, comma New Career and Business. Okay, it's track. It's eleven. I said track eleven. It's eleven. Number eleven. Okay, but well, that feels so, even with fourteen songs left. I think that yeah. still puts us firmly on Sky Full of Holes in honor of our friend Peter yes. who sent us an email. Yeah. About Peter, this one's for you, Peter. This one's for you, Peter. Yeah, it does confirmed affirmative. Um, wow, yes. I uh, have no guess. I am so like, there's so few of them left. So you'd think that it, it would be easier to guess what we have left. But yeah. because the, big, the spaces are so big, like it's, yeah. I'm losing track of what's even still around. 
Yes, and I would like almost certainly guess something we've already done, which I think you did last week. Which I is did do that last amazing week. Amazing yeah. and a testament to how like I, like, I guess a... her podcast is. <laughs> yeah, like I want to guess a dip in the ocean, but did, have we, do we have a... Well, you're guessing right, my friend. Whoa, okay. Yeah, I should have just done crazy. it. Shot in the dark, and I love it. Okay. Um. Yeah, dip in the ocean is a, a banger, and like the song, the song, sky full of holes, and song of the I'm a man in the suit. I don't care what you think. Your hands off my suit. Damn. Get a fan on this suit. It's too hot for my tongue, and now I feel dumb. Despacho, chowder, gumbo, bisque, ramen, minestrone. What's better than this? In a bowl, in a cup, in a bong, in a tub. If you like soup this much, welcome to the club. Soup thief. Spoon thief. Soup. Soup thief. Date, we can order some. Who's Your entree can be slimy, slurpy, and spiny. Liquid gold all up in my bread bowl. Yeah, I love soup. I can hear the broth calling. I can have soup at nine in the morning. Knocking and knocking, come open the door and let the soup into your soul evermore. I can have soup at night. Got me feeling right. Don't be uptight. I. I can have soup at night. Got me feeling right. Don't be uptight. I. Slurp it down. Go to town. Slurp it down. I almost drowned. Slurp it down. Go to town. Slurp it down. I almost drowned. <laughs> was soup song by bug milk wow those are great words all put together visceral visceral names for both your title and band kudos blood blood bug milk yeah wow shout out bug milk this week yeah um yeah thanks for the song um speaking of songs we have a fountains of wayne one to talk about uh we have a dip in the ocean can you believe it? Shocker! We're talking about a Fountains of Wayne song. What twist? <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You're gonna talk about a Fountains of Wayne song over here? I thought you were gonna talk about a Mitski song. Yeah, wait, I time. thought this was the Patreon special Fountains of Mitski. I was promised. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's a dip in the ocean track six on Sky Full of Holes. Uh, it is between Action Hero at track five and Cold Comfort Flowers at track six mm. um it's more popular than that's, both those songs honestly, that's, hilarious. Wait, that's hilarious yeah that is kind of crazy the whole like, that's order. hilarious the cold comfort flowers which is like literally objectively about dead and frosty flowers on top of a casket <laughs> is um right after this jam a dip this vacay jam uh, a dip in the summer yeah so this is like a, a bittersweet vacation anthem it's filled with like uh, you know, you go on like a weekend getaway with somebody to the beach or whatever. It's got details that are kind of nice, like the a cabana by the ocean. It's got some details that are uh, less pleasant. 
uh it's good i think it's pretty clear it's a collingwood song it's it's just got a classic collingwoodiness to it uh lyrically it's just, just to like you know uh, collingwood has this knack for writing songs even about kind of mostly pleasant things and then kind of just harping on the unfortunate details in uh the otherwise pleasant experience uh and making these songs that uh have this like kind of bittersweet uh quality this kind of like slightly jaded uh voice so yeah that um i feel i feel like i've seen somewhere that it's an adam song even though it's so death just so distinctly feels like a collingwood song i feel like on one of the tribute albums a dip in the ocean may be featured um but like as we talked about with sadie dupuis a fine day for a parade is a chris collingwood song and they only later discovered that collingwood wrote it but then they were like oh it's an homage to a project that adam contributed on and he of course heavily produced it and it's still about him and and that's fine but um so it could be on a tribute album and that could be slippage through the cracks because it does reek of Collingwood. well it is on the tribute album it motion city soundtrack did it which makes sense musically because motion to the soundtrack like is a kind of synth driven power pop punky kind of thing and this song could easily be spun that way and i think they did a very nice job with it um but yeah i didn't even piece that together that um i guess this would have had to be an adam song compositionally it sounds like an adam song like it sounds kind of like 60s surf rocky or like uh you know it sounds like classic power pop it's got kind of like a cars element or the monkeys or something um you know of course through that like here's the here's the thing that makes it feel like a chris collingwood song which is i've said to you a million times and i've probably said it into this microphone before i love run on sentences it's my favorite thing about any artist or song if you are an artist who gives me a breathy run-on sentence like a stanza but it's all one thought like that is my shit i'm obsessed with it and this song is very that like the fucking uh the lyrics the waterfront is alight with citronella flame taurus flashing the night from the grottos and gathering now on the heel-worn planks for a drunken promenade or a mambo like just one fucking like breathless thought with rhyme off the fucking chain that's that's my crack cocaine which is why i think i kind of generally gravitate toward chris collingwood's work when i gravitate towards fountains of wayne songs but um, like with collingwood it's always about these little details and you mean to tell me that the lyrics it's you and me on a beach in 1998 leaning into the breeze from the willows and rhythm and grace are reborn in this place i'm assured the procedure is painless that's not adam lyrics that's, that's but then again when i first heard it when i was listening to it and not looking at the lyrics i did think that that line said will and grace and i thought that they were like will and grace is like making a comeback the year 1998 is like making a comeback in this place and i thought they were in a hospital where you only have basic cable and you have rerun television because then they say the procedure is painless so that was like and i was like oh adam 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 like as i was hearing that stanza and then i heard of rhythm and grace and i'm like oh my god this is so like pretty this is so like frost and and like fucking emersonian and gorgeous and natural and all those things with collingwood bellwethers yeah 
So yeah, I'm yeah. really confused, but I, you know, it was on the, the tribute album. I'm curious if this slipped through the cracks or if this is, and you know, obviously we've been wrong about this before. And over time, I think they kind of grew to accept and embrace each other's writing styles and kind of taste a little bit. So especially because this album was more collaborative than the one prior, you know, maybe they were kind of collaborating and from the, uh, sort of aesthetic that was being born this song came about and it wasn't adam contribution it's just but the lyrics just to me are so chris i know i know it's also it's also like it's it's not this way but we talk about how chris had such a limited role on traffic and weather and then like even though sky full of holes made him realize like he could never have I think we've read that he's like, I could never have like a full voice back in this band again after traffic and weather. And I think that's kind of how he felt when they were doing sky full of holes. And yet it feels like such a Collingwood driven album. And in a way, like, and I think like he obviously assisted on production in a lot of ways, but like in a way that like some of the songs are like, Adam could have wrote these and Chris could have produced it. Like, I don't think that's what it was, but like in that in that way like looking at it through that lens i could see adam right because then you get you also get the stanza that's like well like first of all um what you mean when you were picking a fight you were only complimenting the waitress that humor is very adam and and lovers paddle a boat on the molten bay veering into the reeds on a ripple and playing it cool in a bar by the pool with a caribbean kiss amaretto just like the rhyme the like in rhyme that adam always has happening and caribbean kiss amaretto like there there is affects of the song where i could believe it if chris had more of a say like musically or production but don't you think if adam went on vacation he'd have more fun <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> um not if he was heartbroken oh, that's true i guess that's true um no matter who wrote this song um uh, what i will say is i think this is one of the strongest moments off of sky full of holes for so many reasons not just these gorgeous and just uh, you know the, the the lyrics are so detailed in the song that they're like literary you know it's the opposite of the song we talked about last week which is like on really kind of lyrical thin ice and you know basically uh, is one idea over and over again. Like you said, you got these yeah, run-on yeah, yeah. sentences. Wow. They're just like jammed uh, with uh, detail and specificity. The song itself, it's appropriate that's a vacation jam because the song like is a beach read. It's this total like effortless, but just like absolutely stuffed song lyrically. It's a book with no chapter. <laughs> yeah, I love books with no chapters. Uh but like but with like big breaks that kind of indicate like short little bites. I like books that are little bites. So you don't have when it, when a book has a chapter that's like 70 pages, yeah. I'm like get out of town. I don't want to I read like one yeah, there was one book that they made us read in high school so it would bring us pain that had was like 400 fucking pages and had no chapters and I tried to read it in like two nights and I was like I'm catatonic, I'm going to die. But what I was going to say is that it's not just that the lyrics are all those things. It's that the actual composition of the song is so undeniably catchy and hooky in the way that we expect Fountains of Wayne songs to be. But even beyond that, I think in the chorus, one of the great Fountains of Wayne chorus moments, I think, is in Cabana by the Water. Yeah, by the water. They do it a bunch of times. There's like a full stop, Cabana by the Water. Stop, Dana by the Water. It's so 
hooky and catchy and every time i hear it i smile every single time no matter how many times i hear this song because it's this is one of those songs i kind of forget to listen to for some reason and then when it comes on Mm -hmm. and i hear that part of this song i'm just like god that is so just like undeniably immediate dopamine that moment in that chorus yeah yeah the uh only thing i did on every listen of this song i listened twice and both times i sang all the lyrics i like followed along i mean i knew most of the lyrics because it's also one of those types of songs but i like followed along on songmeetings.com lyrics which is what i always look at so i can get the gold um and just absolutely unabashedly singing along super super loud because it's just one of those songs but also when you were talking i just realized the gratifying juxtaposition back to back of lost in space to a dip in the ocean uh to frontiers that are largely mysterious and unknown to us um yeah just cool cool and cool that they are like the opposites in our hearts where we're like lost in space is like trash because space is worse than ocean and the ocean is the sickest and that's where jaws lives so um this song rocks which is basically i think all the logic we were planning on using yeah yeah it's also i think pretty clear that the band thought that the song rocks because they played it on letterman i don't know if you saw that they did late night with this and also it is very funny that earlier we spoke about mitski's tiny desk concert unless ryan cut it out in editing because we went on for a very long time about mitski so if he did cut it out know that grace and i had a moment where we talked about mitski's tiny desk concert uh and justin you know they they played this song uh on their tiny desk concert and and like what are the odds we bring up npr's tiny desk concert um and we get one of the four songs four of 69 that are featured in the fountains of wayne tiny desk concert and of course the live like kind of very stripped down acoustic rendition that they do is so good and it's like really early days at the tiny desk like it looks all like kind of lo-fi and is like less kind of produced than it is now but it's just so fun to see like a fountains of wayne little mini concert with no bells or whistles there's no lights there's no like super duper professional sound it's just like them jamming out and and doing their thing uh so i would recommend that video if you didn't catch it but uh yeah i I think they liked this song you if you look up a dip in the ocean Mm -hmm. and then sort by videos you will see lots of uh instances where they played this live the waterfront is alight with citronella flame like i just that's another (laughs) collingwood thing too it's so immersive it's so they're immersive they're sensory based like citronella a very particular smell like all that stuff it just like immerses you in the world he's also like you always have to google stuff if you actually get into the lyrics like i had a i had a feeling that a caribbean kiss was a kind of cocktail but i wasn't positive about that i had to google it and of course amaretto is used in the cocktail and it just kind of is a really satisfying uh string of words at the end of that run-on sentence there but yeah i mean there's just like all these little details the thing about the heat off the tarmac like oh burning a hole in a the the heat of the tarmac burning a hole in a gold afternoon like god it's just like some of these things i wonder why the song is set in 1998 it's interesting because 
Fountains of Wayne at the, had been around at this point long enough that 1998 was just like an era for the band. It's kind of the Utopia Parkway. Yeah, era. their early career. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> to be like reflecting like, ah, our youth when we did this thing, you and I. But it's like, I don't know. It's funny that they're, you know, thinking back to a time when mm. they were also like writing songs about things. Yeah. I feel like um, my original impression of the song was that like it didn't take place in 1998, that it was just like a reflection. Um, that just that line, I'm assured the procedure is painless is so mysterious. Mm. Like it makes me think that it's like more fever dream than it is like actually occurring in the moment. But yeah, in either case, whether it is like a fucking frame narrative that begins in 2011 and goes back to 98 and ends in 2011 or if it's like full-blown set in 1998 it's still yeah it's it's funny to hear them meditating about um the self-titled era for them yeah no it's fascinating i mean every this song is so great in many ways but one of the ways it's so great is that the lyrics are these little brief run-on sentences that are these mysterious very sort of literary detail driven vignettes and then the chorus is just this like really catchy kind of sing-along real quick chorus with that really great moment like i said and then you're right back into these little moments i mean the waterfront is alight with citronella flame taurus flashing the night from the grottos and gathering now on the heel-worn planks for a drunken promenade or a motto get a load of the light in the trees and the sweet decay on the maritime breeze the sun's hitching on a weather balloon and the heat off the tarmac burning a hole in the gold afternoon it's just like uh, it's so dense it's so <laughs> dense like yeah. it's dense but they don't waste a syllable like it's so intentional yes. the way it's yeah. built it's not like rambly even though it's kind of run on if that makes sense yeah, like yeah. everything no, feels really does. specific yes. and really like intentional yeah and i love when with they take the last like moment in the song is they take the chorus but they give you like almost a couple of like false endings like when they by making it a longer run-on sentence um and i got a rental for an hour or two and a bottle and a cooler and a maps and a big brown towel like by making it like longer than you've expected the chorus to be like i love that just like little last surprise at the end where it gets um even more explanatory and it's like um it's so fun musically and also lyrically yeah the whole song is just like it, it's it's you know the result of two people who had been writing songs together for 20 years or whatever and here they are just like writing circles around like, i fucking hate you but this is pretty sick yeah you know and just like using their talent it's like this this is like maturing and growth of like songwriters because the songs were always catchy you know uh and now this song stays catchy the songs on skyfall will stay catchy but they have this added like perspective and like yeah. detail and also this sort of like occasional look backward but not in like a reductive or lame way yeah. the way like a lot of bands do that when he says it's you and me on a beach in 1998 and there's this like weird snapshot of that time there's just you know, like you said there's something just like mysterious and transfixing mm -hmm. about that it's not like a it weird nostalgia trip or something 
it's maybe why Mitski's new album feels new and old at the same time because like us as like consumers of a modern music industry can't help but be like Mitski's looking over her shoulder at herself she's the first track is a nod to Texas Reznikov we're still in Texas but everything's fucking different and then working for the knife is I'm 29 I'm almost 30 and it's all and we're fucking 27 almost 28 like it's all very um, I'm 26, yeah, almost it, 27. Guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler's a tiny baby. Tyler's a little baby boy who was born yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> he's much, much younger than me. But um, yeah, and and found, and found it makes sense that Chris Collingwood is most proud of Sky Full of Holes. Yeah, you deserve to be. You should be, you should all be so proud of this album. Like the more you learn about the band and the more you listen to these songs, as the person in our email pointed out, like Sky Full of Holes was not like, it, it's like, it wasn't the standout album when I was like a shitty 22 year old in your car in the rain. But like now that I, we are bridging 30, like or that era of our life, like we were like working up to 30, Sky Full of Holes is like, oh, like there's a maturity and there's like a comment about like leaving your 20s and growth somewhere in here. And like, I'm seeing it for the first time ever. So I think almost like as we've done this podcast and like grown up through very crucial years of what will ultimately be our lives, um, we have really warmed differently to this final album. Yeah. I mean, it's really the gift that keeps on giving this record. Like, you know, like you said, the first time you listen to it, you're like, mm, not immediately as satisfying as the self-titled because like, <laughs> I remember the Iraq war too. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. immediately know all the words to every song. You know? <laughs> yeah. I have to look up that word and it makes me feel stupid. I hate feeling stupid. But then when you, you look at like this song and you look at firelight waltz and you know, radio bar just like yeah yeah they just like these songs are so nuanced and layered and interesting this album really is like a great novel you know almost more than a record (laughs) and definitely more than any other fountains of wayne album i mean traffic and weather is like a a great picture book and this is like a great novel you know there's just so much (laughs) there's a coloring book yeah this is like a manifesto um but also like yes like this is like if fountains of wayne in the year 2011 when they decided to break up they were like okay you guys all have to make a time capsule and put it in the earth for some reason we're all gonna make you as the mayor of new jersey Mm that's like that's this record like it's not even like oh it's a cohesive tapestry it's a concept album like to us like interstate managers where i can project all my longing about new york across the whole thing and it's very easy and digestible for me it's like every track is different and is bringing like something that you can tell is like based in the um the the fabric of the band like like you they bring up a country track and they bring up a fucking summer song and they bring up a very like a song about television and they bring up blah, 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 like it's all it's all like in reference to what they've done but it doesn't like exist perfectly together it's just like time capsule items from all the town citizens and also like a weird it has this weird feeling of like a band at its own funeral which i think is (laughs) so powerful like all of these songs are really like 
these guys knew that this was probably going to be the last hurrah for this band and so Mm. the songs are like really introspective even the narrative ones that aren't really about them and it is probably the most personal record they did um merch idea the interstate managers album cover that i'm looking at with all the managers at their conference tables staring at us mm. they're all flipped around and it's a graveyard whoa and that is like the cemetery guns out like single art for the single that never was yeah probably. yeah well that's a. I mean that's a great idea and that i mean is that an indicator merch that we should yeah maybe for, <laughs> for us to capitalize I mean, on it. probably a lot of copyright issues with all of that um <laughs> seeing as like the band wasn't even included in the decision or at least that vinyl yeah true. um but <laughs> we're gonna do it yeah we're always saying we're gonna make merch and never do yeah that's right uh, we made we stickers we need to make more stickers email us if you want stickers yeah. we need motivation yeah. to make more yeah and instagram is too scary to look at so don't tell don't yeah tell send us, us there, an email but we'll probably find out in six months send us an email we're now fucking <laughs> cogs yeah official cogs and tell us if you see them splattered all over boston or brooklyn where we go. oh my god definitely Literally take them. selfies with them please um okay so before we we i think it's cool we wrap up here since we had a long front for everybody so this won't be an hour and 17 minute episode um although anyways uh i wanted to give a good idea before we started bad ideas which is a proposition for you tyler and me this is revolutionary that we we each i know oh my god that we each curate and figure out our top 10 fountains of wayne songs in anticipation of having 10 songs left and that at our 10 songs left episode the top of the show can be us sharing our top 10 I love this idea, but I think maybe it needs to be a full episode. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, yes, we could not talk about 10 Fountains of Wayne songs and have that just be in. So you're right. Maybe in antis- maybe once we've done the 11th in anticipation of the 10th song, and then this way we drag our feet and we get to exist for longer. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, we do a top 10 centennial. That's 100. Dessa, who cares? Uh, a 10 left episode where we do our top 10 yeah i love that i think that's a good idea and we okay, should do it i love that um cool so the first good idea good idea number good one. good idea number one do you have a bad idea to complement that good idea this isn't like a full idea but i've had this idea in here for a while and i've just been holding back because i'm like it's not funny but maybe it is um just like a covid era dating simulator we talk a lot about doki doki lit club on this show so like um yeah a co- like like so that a dating sim to like make like a boring incel white boy feel good about himself but you know it's like not the irony and the like mayhem and the ending or the whatever of doki doki but like straight up really a dating simulator to subdue the incels a little longer and um but it's all like you have to make like trash decisions like oh my god they took their mask off like do i leave my mask on or should i take my mask off like it's all like the like horrible social mathematics we're all forced to do now whenever we like enter any space ever um i'm not gonna because i i I haven't seen anything like this in the real world, but I do wonder if this exists because it sounds like exactly the kind of thing that the people who make those dating simulators would have been on top of. Yeah. And also, like, I just can't stop being mystified and and I guess impressed ultimately by all of these people whose relationships started in the pandemic. A lot of people like pandemic is just like a 
three-year-long cuffing season, it seems like everyone's like, God, it is imperative to not be alone. And I am very much realizing that. So I know I we have all these friends who like are on all the bumbles and the hinges and the, the tinders um, and we're married hags, so we're not. But um, yeah, like I, I'm honestly curious about like what I'm like, I feel nervous everywhere I go and I don't even have to think about dating anyone. Like, I can't believe you guys are managing this. I know. Sort of. It's crazy. Yeah. Dating through the pandemic. Oof. Oof. Like, yeah. Wow. Yep. Like even like me and Ryan were boyfriend and girlfriend. And now that we live together, we're like, how the fuck did we make this work when we did not inhabit the same space? How do people do that? Like, and for a while insane. you were and, doing that during the pandemic. And we were. Yes, absolutely. It's like the kind of thing that is fine until you like upgrade into like really sharing a life together and then you're like oh that was never fine like that was horrible like <laughs> dating so hard yeah. yeah how do you make time to go over a whole other person's house no it's insane how do you make time to go over a whole person's house and like not contract the scary new virus you know <laughs> yes. also that oh yes like yes um, and how do you uh, sk slink past their roommates in such a way that they don't get any kind of virus and that you don't get any kind of virus from them? And are the roommates even cool with it? And oh my God, the dating simulator could, yeah, are the roommates even cool with it? There's so much to work through here. There's so much for that, that I feel simulator. like could benefit all of us ultimately. Honestly, if we were programmers, I'd say we should go ahead and make that dating sim. I know this is the problem with us. Like this is our only talent. This is, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just idea people. We have no practical or useful skills in yeah, the real world. Like and they're not even like so many of them aren't even bad ideas they're just like oh these are ideas for someone who can do and make things <laughs> that's not what i do yeah right <laughs> um, um, cool do you have a bad idea i do uh, uh my bad idea ties into our most recent patreon episode which was uh fountains of jeff where you <laughs> i plug. and uh our friend eric got together to do basically an episode of fountains of splain but instead of 69 wayne songs we did some 235 ish jeff rosenstock and jeff rosenstock adjacent project songs it was a ton of fun we want to do more fountains of jeff so uh episodes at some point mm -hmm. um but my bad idea this week is that we pause fountains of splain just take a quick pause and spend 235 weeks doing Fountains of Jeff because we had so much fun on the Patreon app. And then we resume and do these last 13 yeah. Fountains of Wayne's Fountains. That Just would keep quick, them guessing. A quick 230-something episodes. And then we'll come do three more, and then we'll do our top 10 episode, and then we'll finish the show. Yeah. Do you remember when were you? A, did you read the series of Unfortunate Events books when you were a child? I was obsessed with them. Yeah, I know. I knew I was speaking to the right person. I, which means all living, breathing people um, that are our age. No, well, I don't uh, know. I think those did attract. Yeah, there was like a little bit of a divide. Of, there yeah. was even like a maybe a little bit of like a Harry Potter series of unfortunate events of, of a divide. Like I that's not so, a yeah. that's not a perfect line, but a little bit. Anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, we're we both did that. Uh, that's why we're friends. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's like uh, when do you remember? All 12 series of unfortunate events books were available widely to us um, until we like like by the time we were in like fifth or sixth grade when we were like 11 or 12 and like really like at the age for those things 10 to 12 all, all 12 books were available to us but there was this 13th book impending and they waited a year towards the end of that era 
too like like they had been like like releasing them like clockwork and I remember there was like this big deal about holding the 13th book and then when it came out you and I were trash like almost middle school age and like I remember reading like half of it and being like I am not interested anymore and putting it down and never finishing it. And I'm like, you guys waited too long. Like you missed the climax. Like you missed the climax of keeping like, like um, of uh, me becoming perfectly interested in this. It's you miss it. This is like unlocking a core memory for me because I had the identical experience of that thing identical like i remember my i really hope we find out this is like a share like our <laughs> people email us and they're like oh my fucking god that happened to me but it would be people like exactly our age like if you were born in 94 95 96 i think this applies to you um but yeah my fourth grade reading logs were for the whole year were just the series unfortunate event books mm-hmm. and my teacher had to be like hey those are good books but maybe try reading a new book and no. i was like what <laughs> lame yeah. uh I guess I'll read the Phantom Toll Booth again. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I uh, And then I had that same thing. I started that last book and I we were like edgelord middle school or like almost middle schoolers. And so by then I just was over it. Yeah. I think it was also the experience of like up until that point, like we were in elementary school. So we were getting all these and the books were already printed. So they were available to us just at our elementary school libraries. And then I feel like I remember like I owned a few of them, but I didn't own all of them. That wasn't like how I got through them. Uh, But then I definitely bought the 13th book because I had been so obsessed with it. And then, yeah, I just did not even finish it. Have no idea how it ended. Watched the horrible movie. And obviously it was aforementioned horrible. Yeah. We should, uh, I was disappointed forever. We should finish it. We should finish the last, like, you know, 75 <laughs> okay, pages of series. Yeah. Town is this play book club. Bad idea. Um, finish the last 50% of the 13th series of Unfortunate Event Book Club. Ooh, yeah, this is a great idea. Oh my God. Who wants to email us at fountainsexplained at gmail.com if you want to do uh, the worst and 13th book of the series of Unfortunate Events? Um, yeah, hit us hit up. Hit us up. Great, great. Uh, speaking of people hitting us up, we should thank our patrons before we get out Such of here. Good idea. Thank you so kindly, as always. Humbly yours. Thank you, Mallory Stewart, Rachel Hart, La Pontiff, John LaFollette, and Eric Gandalf. And with that, love you. Love you so much and happy almost Valentine's Day. Oh my god, I feel like this I've is a special love that. you. Um, we're gonna come out this on Valentine. This could have been a Valentine's gonna... Day special. Come this episode on comes out on Valentine's Day. Oh my god. Oh okay. Oh my gosh, it does. Oh, that's so that's, romantic. It's so oh my romantic. god. Everyone say it with us. Okay, ready? <laughs> Everybody. I don't care where you're on the subway. Too bad. At yeah. Work, oh my god, you have listening to. through AirPods at work. Too late. We're doing it. Ready? <laughs> too late. It's happening. Love, Love you. you. Tyler. <laughs> we we're doing it together. We were doing Leave it, it all in. So long. Lady out.